What is going on, everyone? You are back on the Coach's Corner. I am Justin Dupegeiser, and I am joined, as always, by my guy, Caleb James. Caleb, what is going on, brother? Dude, we've got like the uh, heat wave of the century in Missouri right now. We're going to be looking at some pretty high temperatures all week. Only fitting, that's when uh, most football camps will be getting underway for a lot of high school teams, middle school teams, and, of course, the Kansas City Chiefs. But before we hop into all that big-time Chiefs news and we talk about training camp, yada, 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 and all the divisional stuff, you know, there's some storylines circulating around the NFL the last couple of days as we get closer to the training camp period. Some things are seem are starting to fall into place specifically regarding two quarterbacks. Yeah, they are. And before we get into that, make sure that if you are watching on this on uh, YouTube, you're smashing that like button, you're subscribing. We are going to be going full at it here now that the Chiefs are back in business. The NFL is back. We're like a week away from the Hall of Fame game. I mean, the, the season is here, so we're going to have a ton of content for you. We're going to be breaking everything down. And we're going to start today before we get into the AFC West stuff with uh, Mr. Aaron Rodgers, who seems to be reportedly on his way back and under some stipulations. There's reports that he wants Randall Cobb back in Green Bay. So just just tell me your thoughts. What's going on over in Green Bay, Aaron Rodgers, the whole thing? Dude, it's so weird. We've heard so many conflicting reports. We've gone from Aaron's not happy, to Aaron's disgruntled, to Aaron's not coming back to the night of the draft. You're seeing trade rumors that the Broncos and other AFC West teams, maybe even the Saints, were interested in acquiring him. It's just nothing but crazy rumors. I don't think there's been anything concrete. The only thing that's for sure is Rodgers. There's no way he's happy. There's no way he's pleased. I know last week a lot of reports have come out saying they think he's just going to retire for the season. And if he went full Brett Favre after Brett Favre did that in Green Bay, I mean, it's just – it would be hilarious to think about that is happening. But now, today, like a day before he has to be in Green Bay, they're saying he wants back, but he's got to have a few certain things. He's got to be able to have uh, – uh, who, whoever you just said, Randall Cobb, he's got to be able to have one of his longtime receivers, one of the best players he's ever played with. That could be very interesting to see how that all unfolds. But I think the big thing to remember with that is it's nothing to do with Rodgers and his teammates. It's nothing to do with even Rodgers and the coaching staff. From all the reports, him and LaFleur have a good player-coach relationship. It's everything to do with him and general management and the front office and the front office of the Green Bay Packers. They are failing. They're failing epically right now. They've pretty much failed every step of his career except for when they did win that Super Bowl 10 years ago. Yeah, it's a pretty wild situation, um, and it it seems like even if Rodgers is back in Green Bay this year, it's going to be a one-year thing, and then he's he's going to be on his way out. He's going to be 39, but, you know, we've seen Tom Brady play well into his 40s now. Rodgers has always actually already gone on record and said that he wants to play well into his 40s. Um, and I, I could honestly see him making a move actually to, like, the Raiders – after this year, you know, he, he, he stay in Vegas. His wife is an actress who's usually out in LA. So they'll be close there. Um, it would make a lot of sense to me, honestly. And the, and the Raiders have been just dying for an excuse to get away from Derek Carr since Gruden take, has taken over pretty much it seems. But I, I, I think that Rogers is going to play this year. I think that they're going to try to do those, those things to accommodate him for, for one more year. And then he is going to be 
on the way out the door in Green Bay, which is pretty wild to think, you know, this whole thing has been wild coming off of an MVP season. He's just so unhappy with the GM. Like you mentioned that he was willing to uh, potentially sit out and, you know, unfortunately he really didn't have any leverage. It was, it was the, for the front office really that sat there with all the leverage because Rogers wants to play. Like he doesn't, mm-hmm. he didn't want to sit out this entire time. That's the only leverage he had. So they called him on his bluff and unfortunately didn't work out for him. So he'll be back. And then, you know, we'll see what happens, I guess. And now the other quarterback that they are talking about is Mr. Deshaun Watson, who <laughs> reportedly oh, is... What's that? Oh, I said you got all those beeps going. It's a hot topic issue. Apparently, yeah. Holy cow. I just, apparently my my McAfee um, virus thing ran out and the, like all of this ad block stuff is popping up like to resubscribe to it. It's just going crazy. Uh, the stop sending those. Yeah. Holy moly. Uh, but yeah, so Deshaun Watson uh, reporting to training camp still wants to be traded. Um, man, I think that they want they said they want three first round picks but how in the world is any team going to be willing to give up that much draft capital with legal issues still looming for him if the texans played themselves that wouldn't surprise me at all oh yeah because it seems like though there are all these allegations it doesn't seem like anything is materialized and i i know the legal system i'm not going to sit here and pretend to be a lawyer but come on, we would have known something by now. Dude, it's been going on for months, literally since football season was over, like right before free agency started when all this started. That was, what, four and a half, five months ago? Something would have come out by now that was more concrete. I know he's done some things to settle some things. The big thing that's going to come down to is, he, did he do anything that is actually like suspendable or offensive to be suspendable? That's going to be the big thing. It could also be the fact that maybe the Texans played themselves in the situation, which they're very unintelligent franchise when it comes to managing their roster, their coaching, and their players. So that could also be a total interesting situation. I think it'll be interesting to see if we move into to the season, he continues to hold out, and he continues to do that. You know, would you think the Texans could be looking at an in-season trade? I know it's really rare. But I mean, if they get to the point where none of these none of these accusations are sticking and none of this is going to go, you know, none of this is seeming like it's going to go in the wrong direction for him. Do you think that's a point in time in which, you know, Watson then again has all the leverage and they maybe look to unload him in the middle of the season? It would be interesting if, if you know, he does. What if he sits out and then all of a sudden something comes out where his the legal issue kind of starts to play out and he seems to be cleared and the, you know, the trade end line hasn't hit. I mean, why not? I guess, I mean, it just, I guess it also depends. Like you look at the teams that are reportedly interested in the dolphins and the Eagles. And I mean, how are the quarterbacks playing midseason? Are they, are they not playing well? Then I guess that gives those teams even more reason to go and get them. But if the quarterbacks are playing well, then I guess it doesn't really make sense. So to me, it seems like, they, they need to, the Texans need to figure this out, whether um, they want to trade him now and try to get the most value out of it that, that they can, or if they want to kind of sit it out and maybe see if he's going to sit out or whether he's going to play or kind of what, you know, what he's going to do, because it could be, uh, it could be a really interesting situation down, 
down in Houston. That is for sure. Um, and, and the other thing that's kind of weird to me, and it looks like that you might have frozen, Caleb. Are you still there? All right. So Caleb might have froze. We might have lost Caleb there for a minute. Um, but the other situation that is interesting to me is the fact that he's not on the commissioner's exempt list. And I feel like that would be something that he would probably already be on. Or, and it's weird that he's not. Um, I think, you know, you're trying to think of Josh Gordon, for example, who his situations with legalities and the drug use and stuff like that, he was on the exempt list kind of right away. So I, I don't know. It's weird that he's not on the exempt list. It's weird that he's at training camp when everybody's kind of been saying like, you know, what's happening, like Caleb mentioned, we haven't heard anything. Um, I don't know. It's, it's going to be a really a situation to watch for sure, because with those guys, you know, Deshaun Watson, he is one of the biggest names in the quarterback. And if you think about the year he's coming off of, he was, you know, if, we're, if it weren't for the Texans being just so, so bad, everybody would have been talking about Deshaun Watson as an MVP candidate. His numbers were as good as Aaron Rodgers, Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes. They were as good as all those guys that were, you know, in the talks for MVP. So it's uh, it's going to be something something very very um, interesting to watch and to, to keep an eye pretty closely. I think that um, you know just to touch on fantasy wise, if you're doing best balls and stuff, it may might be worth taking a flyer on him in in the later rounds at this point, just because you never know where he could end up or if he's going to play or what uh, what is going to happen there. So. Should be pretty interesting to see how the whole thing plays out, but it's awesome having training camps back. We're kind of seeing, you know, the all the networks are starting to show all the stuff that's kind of going on there. The Chiefs had their third last day of rookie and quarterback training camp. Mahomes and Henny kind of had the day off, it looked like, where uh, Anthony um, Gordon and Shane uh, Bouchel or Buchel, or I'm not sure how you pronounce his last name, kind of had the, the, uh, the day to them to get to the reps and which is good for those young guys to get. And there's actually a pretty interesting article that Bruce Feldman put out. Uh, you can find him on Twitter. I think it's Bruce Feldman CFB. And he talked about the process of Jordan Palmer, the quarterback coach who does a lot of, he's done a ton of guys, you know, most notably um, Josh Allen as of recently who he's kind of completely revamped his throwing and, and increased his accuracy or whatever. But he actually talked about um, Shane Buchel in that article, who is apparently also being coached by Palmer and how he has helped him increase his velocity with some of the stuff that he's done. So pretty interesting article. If you want to go check that out, they do some crazy stuff with technology. It's not just like quarterback drills and stuff. They have this whole, imaging type deal that they can see like 240 frames per second or something like that. So they're able to really pinpoint where all of the, the movements are coming from, from the guy's feet to their toes, to all the way up through their knees, arms, elbows, torque, you know, all their torso and stuff. And they mentioned it, you know, they mentioned Patrick Mahomes in there and how he's able to, to create so much velocity and it's because he's so strong in his core. And that's really with where, where he gets the whip from. So, it was a pretty cool article. I'm a, I'm a football quarterback nerd. So um, 
I enjoyed it. <laughs> so maybe you will. So I'll, I'll plug that. Let's uh, give uh, Caleb a minute here, see if he can, he can hop back in. Um, it looks like he's coming up right now. So Caleb, we got you now. Yeah. Back. All right, good. I just, uh, I just ranted about an article that I read on um, some quarterback play and how uh, Shane Buchel or Buchel or however you say his name um, worked with Jordan Palmer and increased his velocity uh, this off season with some pretty sweet stuff. Bruce Feldman came out with the article, really interesting stuff. So I, I plugged that a little bit, but I thought it was pretty cool. And they mentioned Mahomes in there. So talked about a couple Kansas city quarterbacks worth checking out if you're a quarterback guy, like I am. So let's hop into this AFC West stuff. Let's give our uh, AFC West preview tonight. What do you think? Yeah, dude, let's, let's go ahead and do it. I mean, at that time, preseason is going to be here a lot sooner than we think it will. So it's about time to start getting ready, taking a look at what the season's going to have to offer. Hell yeah, buddy. Let's start with the Denver Denver Broncos. So the Broncos finished five and eleven last year, which was dead last in the division. Um, they are coming into the season with Drew Locke and Teddy Bridgewater reportedly battling out for the starting quarterback job. Um, they, I thought they did a pretty nice job in the draft, to be honest. Other than one thing that we'll talk about real real quick once we say this, but they. Took Pat Sertain, ninth, Javante Williams, 35th, uh, Quinn Miners, um, the old lineman in the round three, who I know you liked, Caleb, and then Barry Browning, the inside linebacker um, from Ohio State in, in also in the third round. And I guess the biggest thing for me, and I guess it's probably the biggest thing in a lot of teams, but who's going to play quarterback? You know, for them, Drew Locke, Teddy Bridgewater, the big thing that kind of happened is they passed on Justin Fields who was on the board there with pick nine and went Patrick Sertain and man does that look like a pick that could end up haunting them for years and years to come but right away who, who do you think ends up getting that starting job in Locker or Teddy Bridgewater? I think that Drew Locke starts the season I think Teddy Bridgewater is the season. They had a chance to uh, take a guy that could be a potentially franchise-changing player because Drew Locke, up to this point, he has struggled mightily in both of his seasons he's played in, and he hasn't really looked like he's shown that much improvement from year to year, despite the Broncos actually having some decent players around him on that offensive side of the football. Teddy Bridgewater is what he is. You know, he's always going to be an average checkdown kind of quarterback who is mobile, so he can help make up for poor offensive line play. That being said, though, like you just mentioned a second ago, them letting Fields go when they had a chance. I mean, John Elway is supposed to be the quarterback whisperer, and, but outside of Peyton Manning, he has done a very, very bad job, actually, of finding them quarterbacks. If you remember, his first draft pick was Tim Tebow. We've seen them go with Paxton Lynch, you know, Case Keenum, all these guys that just haven't panned out. Drew Locke is looking like the very next example of that. Teddy Bridgewater, I think, is the insurance. If Drew Locke is so bad and stinking it up so much, he's the guy that they're going to have to roll with just to keep the public on their side at some point. This is a make-or-break year for uh, Vic Fangio. This is a make-or-break year for that team. I know everyone says they've got all these pieces all over the place, but if you just don't have that offensive consistency, you can't win in the NFL. I mean, I'm sorry. It's as simple as that, you know. They can have all these good players all over the field, but – 
if you're not that well coached and you don't have the quarterback that can pull it all together, then you're still going to be looking to struggle. I think the Broncos struggle again this year. I think they probably finished last in the division again, especially since I think a couple of the other teams in the division could possibly be a little bit better. Yeah, to me, it is Bridgewater, I think, gives them the best chance to win now if they want to win. To me, it seems like Bridgewater is a very much in the mold of like an Alex Smith, right? He's not going to be great, but he's going to be able to win and he's going to be able to manage the game. He's not going to throw a ton of turnovers, but he could be a viable quarterback in an NFL offense, um, it, it, which is more than we've seen from Drew Locke. You know, last year, the Broncos finished 28th. Um, in the league in points per game. So they need help on the offensive end. They get a little bit with Cortland Sutton coming back, Jerry Judy going into his second year, um, Noah Fant, KJ Hamler. So they have some offensive weapons there as far as skill guys are concerned. And they added, you know, Quinn Miners, another piece along the offensive line. So I do think that, you know, skill guy wise, they're right there. Now they did let Philip Lindsay go, who ended up going to the Texans. So they still have Melvin Gordon in the backfield, who I'm not a huge fan of. I think he's been pretty much overrated his entire career. Um, but how much do running backs actually matter in the NFL, right? Um, you can find anybody's basically Melvin Gordon. You can find, to me, I thought they made the mistake. They should have let Gordon go and they should have kept Philip Lindsay, who I think was the better running back. But, you know, they do get some defensive pieces back too um, in Von Miller, Bradley Chubb. And, you know, they added Patrick Sertain on the outside. And to me, that just screams they're trying to keep up with the Chiefs. They're trying to think, hey, we need defensive guys to stop the Chiefs. That's not how you beat the Chiefs. You're not going to stop them. Mahomes is too good, right? You're going to have, you got to find ways to score points. And <laughs> that, is, yeah, that is to me finding your quarterback. I, I don't, I think that they'll be better than the Raiders. I don't think the Raiders are very good. I think the Raiders lost a lot. So I'll, I, they'll probably, to me, they'll finish second to last in the, in the division. What do you think win total wise? Because the Broncos have um, a pretty easy schedule. The strength of schedule is only 27th in the NFL. So it's a pretty easy schedule. The sports books right now have them at eight and a half wins. I could see them probably going right, right around eight. I'd probably take the under and just, you know, see what you got. Maybe like an eight and nine season with, the, with this new 17 game schedule. What do you think they're at around for wins? I think we see them win between six and eight games, and it's going to all come down to that quarterback position for them. I mean, their defense, yeah, they could probably stop the Chiefs a few times, but that's not going to make a difference if Patrick Mahomes is still going down and putting up 30 on you. Good job you stopped him two times. He still went down and put up 30 on you. You know, and your offense is going three and out, three and out, throwing picks, doing all this stuff. And Teddy Bridgewater is not going to win them any games. I mean, he's going to be a great manager back there. Yeah. probably do a good job of getting the ball to their weapons on their team. It's just they're not built right now, I think, to be able to compete with the Chiefs for a division title, even if they are starting to put pieces together. But quarterback play, it's all it's going to come down to with them. I mean, we've seen it so many times before, and John Elway has so mismanaged their quarterback situations in the past. So it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. But, yeah, I think pretty much the – you said the Raiders a second ago. I think the Broncos and the Raiders could have fairly similar identical seasons. I just think Derek Carr is a little bit better than um, the quarterback situation than what they have currently in Denver. Yeah, let's talk about the Raiders. So the Raiders last year, they finished um, second, second to last in the AFC, or they finished second, excuse me, in the AFC West at eight and eight. Everybody remembers them beating Kansas City in week five, which was basically their Super Bowl or whatever week that was. I think it was week five. 
and yeah. they, they ended up taking the, the whole victory lap around the stadium and pretty much everything went downhill um, from there for the old Raiders. They um, finished the season with 10th uh, in the off 10th offensively in points per game. So they had some pretty good um, firepower on the offensive side, but they finished 29th on the defensive side of the ball in points per game, which is pretty terrible. They have the eighth hardest schedule coming into the year. I think they lost a lot along the offensive line, which is going to hurt them. Um, defensively, they're still not very good. Uh, to me, I, f- I have them finishing last right now in the AFC West. Yeah, dude, them, them losing their offensive line is going to hurt a lot of that offensive productivity because they're basically going to be starting over. They basically cut or released most or traded most of their offensive line. You know, they're, uh, they, Rodney Hudson's not going to be there anymore. They cut Gabe Jackson. Trent Brown is gone. So, I mean, it's going to be some big shoes to fill. I mean, I think probably their game plan and like Gruden's head is we can afford to give up a little on the offensive line because we're going to be getting the ball out quick. That's fine. But Derek Carr is not some super athlete back there. You know, he's not a superhero. He is maybe slightly above average for quarterback play as far as they go in the NFL. And that might even be a gift because we've also seen him look really bad at times unless he does have that cast around him to kind of help pull it all together. And their defense, like you said, still didn't really get that much better. Now, I think they have a plan. They have kind of an idea. You know, give credit to John Gruden. We like to give him a hard time a lot. He did come up with a way to beat the Chiefs this past season. And the second time they played the Chiefs, it was really close. But they, you know, it came down to Mahomes on the last second drive going down and throwing one to Kelsey just because their defense was so out of position they couldn't figure out any way to stop them. That being said, there is a chance they will also fall in like that six to eight win range. I think the Raiders, I think they'll finish third in the division. I think they'll edge out the Broncos, but I think the Raiders actually have probably the lowest floor of any team in the division. I think that just because they do have some more experience, you know, with Darren Waller and some of those weapons on their offense, I think they're going to be able to overcome the bad offensive line play some. But I could also see the Raiders falling into a gigantic train wreck by about week eight or week nine of the season and them just going on a tremendous losing streak because that's always also a possibility. And, you know, they're going to be looking to have to score a lot because their defense still isn't very good. Yeah, for sure. And in, in, they did try to add pieces in the draft to make up for that offensive line and the defensive um, being so lack of talent with Alex Leatherwood, who they took 17th overall, the offensive tackle out of Alabama, who pretty much everybody thought was a massive reach at that. Um, you know, some people had him as low as a third round grade on Leatherwood. I think Leatherwood's a solid player, but not for where they drafted him. Um, they also took Trevon Morig, the safety out of TCU, who is a lot of people's, you know, top safety or at least second safety. They took Malcolm Kuntz, the linebacker out of UB in the third round, and then Divine Diablo, which is an awesome name, but um, he's a safety out of Virginia Tech, super tall guy. I think they actually want him to play, you know, safety outside linebacker hybrid type situation just for the way that he's constructed. They also did pick up Yannick Ngakwe, um, the defensive end that played for the uh, Jags. Um, so they've tried to, put, to add some pieces. To me, I think they're still just they're, they're just still lacking the, the talent there. 
So I think I have them um, staying in last place. And, the, and they, they're going to give the Chiefs their best game. They always do, right? It's part of the Chiefs-Raiders rivalry. And obviously, Gruden last year, they basically said it was like their Super Bowl. They had to beat them to, to kind of prove. And he needed them to win that game for Gruden to, to have the players buy in, saying, all right, we're actually doing something here. We're competing with the best team in the NFL that's in our division. So, but I still don't think they do. The, the books have them right now at a seven-game seven win total. So they're right there with the Broncos. I could see their team, you know, finishing third or fourth, but I'll, I'll take the Raiders finishing last in the division this year. I'll go last. Last team, LA Chargers. This is like Charger season right now. We're prime Charger season right now, Caleb. It is this July fourth. August thirteenth. This is where the Chargers have won so many Super Bowls over the last few years. Is this time right now where we haven't haven't had a training camp, haven't had a preseason game. Um, now that being said, they're a talented team. I do think they have some talent. Justin Herbert kind of exploded onto the scene last year. Uh, they finished seven nine. And in the draft, I thought they actually had one of the better drafts of, of any, any team with their first two picks being Rashawn Slater, the offensive lineman out of Northwestern. And then their second round pick being uh, cornerback Asante Samuel Jr. Um, obviously the son of Asante Samuel, a longtime cornerback in the NFL. So I like those first two picks. I like those two pieces for the Chargers. They did lose Casey Hayward um, in free agency, who actually coincidentally went enough to the, the Raiders. So he'll still be in division, but He's no longer there. So is it actually going to be the, the time for the Chargers, Caleb? Are we going to see them in the playoffs or is it just another offseason hype train for the old powdered blue in gold? I think that it's a little bit of both. I think the people going around saying the Chargers are going to win the division are crazy. Yeah, I don't think it's crazy to think the Chargers could win 10 games and sneak into the playoffs. Why? You look at where they struggled at last year up front on the offense. Well, they go and add Rashawn Slater, probably the second best offensive line prospect in the draft this year. And then they go and get the best free agent center available. And uh, Corey Lindsley, longtime protector of Aaron Rodgers. Now he's going to be there. They're kind of trying to set up a little wall down there to help keep him protected or keep, help keep Herbert protected. The thing for me, though, is the Charger season, when it starts during this training camp period, are they going to be able to stay healthy? Because that's the constant moniker is, you know, you see all the national media, the Florios and all those guys on PFF. They're like, this could be the year of the Chargers dethrone the Chiefs. And every year it's just catastrophic injury after catastrophic injury. And then they limp their way into the regular season and they're never able to really get momentum. The reason why the Chargers are different this year, though, is because they have added, is Justin Herbert is really good at football. He is very good at football. He could probably be sensational football here very shortly. When you see him throw the football, the spiral he gets off of it, what he can do on the on the move, I mean, it reminds you of a lot of the stuff Patrick Mahomes does. He was rookie of the year. All these guys, you know, that's got to give the guys on the Chargers, especially those skill players, you know, like uh, Keenan Allen and all those guys, that's got to give them some hope. That's got to fire them up a little bit. That's got to get them excited to play football knowing that they can have that out there. And their defense is still going to be pretty solid. You know, Joey Bosa is going to be one of the top rushers or, or uh, one of the top pass rushers in the NFL again this year. Their defense always seems to give the Chiefs a little bit of trouble because I do think they were well-designed 
to be able to handle the Chiefs. They get a lot of upfront pressure. You know, they've lost Melvin Melvin Ingram now, but they still got Jerry Tillery in there, and he's a he's a fine interior pass rusher. They're kind of like built to beat the Chiefs defensively. Like I said just a second ago, they also play a solid secondary brand of football. But Justin Herbert can take them and, you know, he can take them to the next level, the heights their franchise has never seen before. And the fact that that's in the AFC West where the Chiefs play is a little bit scary. It's a little bit interesting, but it makes me feel like we're going to get a lot of good football games between those two in the very near future. I know a lot of people wanted to make like Holmes versus Jackson, the next Peyton versus Brady. I don't necessarily buy that as much as I'm buying right now. It could be Mahomes versus Herbert. And to all the Chiefs fans, you know, who are saying Herbert's only had one season, how do we know if he's legit or not? That's like, that's, I'll compare that to when people across the NFL, after Mahomes, the MVP campaign, they're like, well, he's only played one season. How do we know if he's legit? It's like, when you know what you're seeing, you know what you're seeing. This dude is dropping dots everywhere he's got an enormous arm and you know he's just he's going to end up being one of the best quarterbacks in the league for probably a long time right up there with Mahomes you know I don't think it's crazy to think that within two years Mahomes and him will be the number one and number two quarterbacks in the NFL that's just what I take because you know you look at him he's he's far more developed right now than Josh Allen still is in my opinion if that makes sense to you I know Josh Allen had a fantastic season, but just from a fundamental standpoint, you know, Josh Allen had a lot better supporting cast than Justin Herbert did, a lot better coaching. This could be the season, you know, the Chargers make a little bit of noise. Like I said, though, I don't think they're going to dethrone the Chiefs. I don't think anyone's going to dethrone the Chiefs this year in the AFC or the AFC West or anywhere, and to be honest with you. But can they sneak in? Yeah. Can they maybe go in there and win 10 or 11 games, take advantage of, you know, beating the Raiders and beating the Broncos twice, win a few of their out-of-conference games? That's all going to be very interesting stuff we have to pay attention to as we head down the line here. So I do think they'll sneak into the wild-card spot. I'll give them that. I think they will about 10 to 11 games. I think they're going to sneak into that wild-card spot. And, you know, I also think that there's a lot of teams, you know, other division winners, they could probably win a playoff game if they get hot at the right time. Because you take a look at some of the other teams and some of the other divisions, you know, the AFC, it seems stacked on top. But really, when you get into it, who are the other teams that are threats right now? Who are threatening the Chiefs? And who are all kind of still on that same playing field as everyone else? Yeah, I'm right there with you. I think I think that they have the capability to win 10, 11 games and get into the playoffs and get a wild card and, and potentially win a playoff game. And I think it needs to be said that, you know, they have a new head coach in Brennan Staley, who is supposed to be, you know, one of the smartest dudes in the NFL. So, you know, he's a defensive minded guy coming over from the Rams. He, he's going to know what he's doing. And you think about last year, how incompetent the coaching was for the Chargers with Anthony Lynn. They were, they were just, they're behind the eight ball all the time with the decisions that he would be making. You know, they constantly wanted to run the ball. They constantly didn't go for it on fourth down when they should. And I think that with Staley and the new head coach, they're, they're going to be ready this year. And they're going to, you know, those mistakes that they were continuously making, I don't think that they're going to make him again. You know, from everything that I've um, researched on Staley, he seems like a, a legit, legit prospect, legit head coach. And basically everybody says that when he walks into the room, he's probably going to be the smartest guy in there. So he's definitely somebody to be respected in that sense. And like I said, you know, with, with what they dealt with last year, it's going to be an upgrade, no matter almost who, who they, who they would have put there. But uh, 
And I think that, you know, it's funny when you, when you compare the, the state of the franchises and kind of where they're going, the Chargers went out and they, they drafted their quarterback of the future and they said, hey, we're going to be in on this kid. And we, we thought it was going to be a one-year, you know, sit and kind of wait behind Tyrod Taylor until their team doctor stabbed Tyrod in the lung with his needle before before the Chiefs game. And then it was, then oh it was uh, the Justin Herbert show, you know, but um, and then you look at the Broncos who, who passed on potentially their franchise quarterback and man, oh man, I could tell you, I'll tell you that could, that could end up being just a massive difference in those two teams, you know, for years to come is one team is still searching for a quarterback and one team has already found them. You think about how long as Chiefs fans, we waited for Patrick Mahomes, right? We hadn't drafted a quarterback. We hadn't found a franchise quarterback really in, in, in years and years and years. And then, you know, once we finally did, it was kind of game over. We've been in three state, straight Super Bowls. So I expect the Chargers, though, to be to be good. Um, they have the 17th uh, ranked strength of schedule, which is meddling. So, you know, not something too hard. They also get Derwin James back, who is a tremendous football player when healthy. His issue is he just cannot stay healthy, right, you know, for the past few years. Years ever. Yeah, I know. It's so crazy. And you, you hate to see that. You never want to see good football players, you know, you know, on the injured, on the injured list. And he's had some pretty terrible luck with that. And especially as a Chiefs fan, we know what it's like to have our safeties going through some uh, injuries with, you know, Eric Berry having to deal with his injuries throughout his entire career. So I, I do like the uh, the Chargers, though, to, to get into the playoffs. So for me, it's the Chiefs, then the Chargers, then the Broncos, and then the Raiders. In, in yeah. The oh, my bad, buddy. No, you're good. I was just going to say, for me, Chiefs, Chargers, Raiders, Broncos, I'm going to stick with the same order as it was last year. And But like I said, I don't think the Raiders or the Denver Broncos make that much of an impact, so you could easily flip-flop either one of them. I'll just say this, though. There's going to be a difference between the Chargers making the playoffs and actually being able to compete with the Chiefs. I think that can be said for a lot of teams because – there was a difference last year for the Buffalo Bills when it came to making the AFC championship game. And everyone I remember in Buffalo was going nuts, but then they forgot. They still had to go compete with the Chiefs. And it did not turn out well for them. No. That's just the, but that's what happened. I mean, when you make back to back Super Bowls, you're going to have the target on your back. Everyone's about to come out this year. They're about to treat the Chiefs like it's their worst enemy, even if they're not the defending champions this year, just because you know, the Chiefs went out and completely upgraded almost every single weakness on their roster, except for maybe the edge rusher position this past year. But what, is there any Chiefs news or stuff you want to hit on today before we get out of here? Because I know Tyron Matthews still doesn't have a contract and training camp's about to be here. No, no, he doesn't. Um, and I think that's kind of the big news is we're kind of waiting to, to hear – whether or not he's going to to get that contract, I think it, I think it's going to get done. It's just kind of a matter of when. I just can't see them moving forward without him. Right? He's been such an integral part of that defense. He's the ultimate chess piece for Steve Spagnuolo. So, you know, the other thing I'll ask you is, um, you know, I went on the the beat of KC. It's called Lucas Murphy doing it over there. Check that show out on YouTube. Oh, yeah. I jumped on last night. He's a good dude, does good work. And we talked a little bit about the Chandler Jones situation and how he's unhappy in Arizona. And he asked me, you know, do you, do you think that Chandler Jones has any chance of being traded to Kansas City? And I kind of said, no, I don't think so. Um, more wishful thinking than anything. But kind of same thoughts for you, or you got a different take on that? I don't think so. And 
it seems like a really late time for him to be wanting out. Maybe he just wants to get a little extra insurance being the last year of his contract and he's coming off of a big injury. But dude, when he's healthy, he's probably one of the he's one of the top end pass rushers in all of the NFL. No you know, and it, it's kind of interesting. He's never gotten the recognition he deserves because he's always been he started his career in New England on those great Patriots teams. No one really gave him the recognition he deserved, even if he's going out and getting eleven sacks a year. Goes down to Arizona. He got like 20 sacks the season before last. Tears his ACL last year is out. Dude, to me, I'm not looking at Chandler Jones this year. I'm looking at Chandler Jones next year. I know he's 31, but if they would go in on a one-year deal for him next season at some point, you'd have to be dumb to pass that up, especially if he comes out and looks good this season. But who knows? Maybe if that, you know, he's got his big contract. He's also got a Super Bowl, so he can maybe be wanting to try to go get paid by someone just for some insurance, or he maybe he's trying to go grab one more before he heads out on his NFL career. But not this year for me on Chandler Jones. Next year, I think they'd be stupid not to take a pass on him, which the Chiefs defensive ends position this year is going to be a struggle. I'm not going to get my hopes up too much for it. The thing I will say, though, is everyone freaking out and being naked. Has it really been that good outside of the uh, – about the 10-game uh, stretch Frank Clark played in once he finally got healthy in 2019 into the playoffs and into that Super Bowl. Was it really that great last year? No, absolutely not. I mean, they're going in by committee. They're going to do it again this year, you know. Last year, you know, they're going Oak 4, K-Pass, Frank Clark, different combinations of guys. We don't know what to do with Frank Clark in this situation is, but now they're going to be going like Kando, Oak 4, Maybe even like Tim Ward. Maybe they throw in a few more guys. Chris Jones is probably going to be playing some defensive end this year is what it seems all the reports are out to be. So I'm not going to freak out too much about that because it's really not been that great at all since Spags has been here. And I think that's just kind of the way they've laid the chips down. You know, Clark didn't quite – Clark didn't work out like they wanted it to. They've had to spend money in other areas. This isn't the offseason. This isn't the season, you know, this isn't the offseason, though. This wasn't the offseason to worry about the defensive end position. That'll be next offseason. That'll be their biggest priority next offseason. Something crazy will probably happen. But, uh, yeah, I'm not going to worry too much about the defensive end position right now, even though it will probably be the weakest point on the team. Yeah, I actually have an article coming out, article coming out Friday morning of what to expect for the defensive line. So you're going to – Make sure you head over to Arrowhead Live and check out that article for sure. Um, last question I'll ask you before we get out of here. The other day I tweeted it out when the, the rookies and the quarterbacks finally um, returned to camp with, with everyone coming in now. What is the one thing that you are really keeping your eye on coming into training camp? For me, offensive line. I want to see it. I want to see what they can do. I want to see how they mold. I want to see where everyone fits in. I want to see how, you know, I want to see what Orlando Brown Jr. looks like taking, you know, 50 pass reps a game instead of 25. I want to see what Joe Tooney looks like trying to bring together all this young talent and experience as he's going to be like the captain of that unit. I want to see how Creed or how Creed and Mahomes get together, how their communication is. I want to see if Trey Smith is the baddest man on the face of the planet, which, you know, man, I've been telling you guys about this for a year now, so we're getting ready to find out. I want to see who plays right tackle. All right, Mike Rimmers. They're not talking about Lucas Nile. Mike Rimmers is – everyone's shooing Mike Rimmers in. Dude, I remember everyone was freaking out about how bad Lucas Nile looked, and then there's a video of him, and he looks like – him and Orlando Brown, dude, they have the exact same body type. 
they're just massive individuals. So everyone that's saying he's out of shape right now, he made weight. He looks a lot, you know, you could say he looks bad. If you look at the picture I saw of him that you showed me of him today, I don't think anything about that looks bad. I think he just looks like a big, massive individual. So it'll be interesting to see how all those pieces fall for that. I'm also looking forward to the competition between the OL and the DL. Contract season for Derek Naughty, contract season for John Reed. Chris Jones is going to be playing, playing end and tackle. A lot to prove from him at a defensive end spot because we haven't really seen him dominate there, even though we think he can. Where's Turk Wharton go? What about Mike Dana? You know, can Kando come through and be a guy that can contribute? Is Taco, is he ever going to amount to anything? Can Okafor continue to be, you know, just a decent third-round pass rusher? It's going to be the competition to watch, but that's, that's the stuff you can't evaluate until you put the pads on this. So that's what I'm looking forward to. Yeah, I'm right, I'm right there with you, the offensive line. That that was my first thing. How is the offensive line going to come together? And is 1-5 going to be protected? Because that's what it comes down to in Kansas City, right? He's the franchise. He's the man. Um, let's make sure he stays healthy. But just to not take your answer, I'll, I'll say cornerback. I'm super interested to see who it is that is going to kind of step in and be those those dudes, you know, obviously Traverius Ward and Snead are coming back. Um, and that, you know, next guy, who is, is it Fenton? Is it Hughes? Is, who is that going to be? You know, there's going to be some super, super interesting battles to keep an eye on in training camp between cornerback position, between wide receiver, who's going to be that wide receiver too. I'm telling everybody right now, as much as people don't want to hear it, it's going to be McCall Hardman. He's going to be the guy that start. I'm telling you, he's going to be the guy that gets the first shot at it. So, you know, everybody that's on the Byron Pingle train, just take, take a little bit to realize that it's going to be McCall Hardman getting the first shot at the number two wide receiver spot on this team. Everybody's freaking out. We don't have an X receiver. Guys, Travis Kelsey plays the X receiver for him a majority of the snaps. Just, it'll be okay, I promise you. Um, but it'll be interesting to see who it is that is the next guy that steps up. You know, Lucas last night went on his show. He made an interesting point with Antonio Callaway who's kind of towards the end, who, who was kind of highly touted um, coming out of college that has, hasn't really been able to find his way that when, if you watch Hard Knocks, you saw Todd Haley curse out and he basically said, you know, if you're going to do this, just trade me. And they did, they traded him. So I'm interested to see if he can have a rebound in his career and maybe make a little bit noise on the end of this, this Chiefs wide receiver core. So a lot of stuff to pay attention to, but I'm, I'm fired up that football season is, around the around the corner we got some good fall beers coming out which making me even think even more that it's going to be you know football season so i'm ready to go man dude i'm fired up i can care less who's playing the x receiver for the chiefs throwing the ball to anyone other than hill kelsey and clyde this year might just be a waste of time so who cares <laughs> right exactly all right dude well let's get out of here wanted to tell everybody what you're working on where they can find you and we'll uh we'll get out of here all right, y'all. Y'all can find me on Twitter. As always, at CJ Scoobs. I wrote an article. It should be up sometime today or tomorrow. And it is titled, The Most Interesting Matchup to Watch in Chiefs Training Camp will be Chris Jones versus Orlando Brown Jr. Why? Because both of those guys are established NFL players, been in the Pro Bowl, played in the playoffs, all pro type guys. They're just both going to be in different situations than what they've been used to at this point in their career. But their competitions against each other in practice is going to make each one of them better. It's going to make each one of them better for the once the season gets going, and it's going to be really entertaining to watch. And uh, 
myself and another group of Arrowhead Live staffers, a bunch of writers, podcasters, guys like that, we are all going to be in St. Joseph this Saturday. This Saturday, let's take a look. I think it is the 31st. Yep, this Saturday, the 31st. There's going to be about seven or eight of us. They're going to be up there in St. Joe. We're going to be hanging out. I invite you, if you're going to be up there, to come to come chat us up. I'll I'll tweet out where we're going to be. I'll can try to get our main account to tweet out where we'll be. Well, if if you guys if you guys know me, when once the one on one between the O line and D line start going, you'll just be able to find me in whatever end zone that Europe where we're going to be watching all that because that's where I'll be. I'm going to try to take some videos of some of that stuff, maybe do a little voiceover analysis, maybe share those on a future show just to see how it is. But we're going to be up there. It's going to be a lot of fun. I know we're making plans to go to lunch to a restaurant or something after that. So definitely I'll try to let everyone know where we're going to be if you want to come by, talk to football for a second. But we'd love to see all you guys out there, especially since it is our uh, followers, readers, listeners, subscribers. You guys drive everything we do. We can't thank you enough. Yeah, dude. Yeah, awesome. awesome. You guys have you guys have fun doing that. Um, obviously, I'm not going to be there. I'm in you know New York. Unfortunately, I can't make that trip. But uh, um, I'm looking forward to kind of seeing the report back from what you guys all all see there. So, like I mentioned, you uh, can find my article coming out on the defensive line on Friday. So head over to Airwide Live to find that. Find me on Twitter at jdiz1617 where I'll be talking all things sports, fantasy, Chiefs fantasy golf we'll give you some losing picks if you want some losing picks in golf um but we'll have it all over there but as always guys we really appreciate everybody being here make sure you smash that like button on the way out football season is almost here we got you covered with a ton of analysis we'll do be we'll be doing a ton of more video stuff once once we're you know that stuff is coming up obviously um right now the uh the coaches film is, is still down which is just just absurd but that's a topic for another day, but we appreciate everybody being here and uh, we'll talk to you later.